The funk means it's Friday on Sports Talk. Welcome to the show. Two hours of fun and funk and possibly information or entertainment. Glad you're here. I'm Scott Beatty with Evan Kahn as we usher in to the final normal, quote, weekend of the year before we all get it cranked up and going. So summer, let it wisp gently in these final few days. Or maybe maybe you take it to the max. Maybe you just just pedal to the metal. You got to close it out with a bang. We're we're getting out of the Monday through Friday season into the Monday through Sunday kind of season. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're going to go hard this weekend and then we'll we'll button on up again on Monday and get ready for football. When you when you are married to a teacher who's getting ready for students to come, it's not quite the same kind of weekend. <laughs> Is uh, maybe the weekend you're about to have? What but. what what is school without students? You got to get psyched for that. <laughs> I mean, otherwise you're talking to desks. Yeah, well, you get psyched by writing syllabuses and all the other stuff that those folks have to do, and the other person has to watch the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you set something what? up. You're you what? You're going to be uh, working the next you know 13 Saturdays in a row. All right, Buster. Why don't you take the kids <laughs> while I get little, something done? A, a little family time. That's <laughs> uh, okay. And and the schedule worked out, although I'm still not the biggest fan of weekday college games. We will get a couple Saturdays back this year. That's true. There is a little uh, trade trade-off. September is <laughs> September's pretty light as far as Saturdays. There's a Friday, there's a Thursday, and a bi- uh, open weekend. They've got to get ready for Bob a little mm, later. That's so, right. So September is not too bad, and maybe uh, I, I know the Cubs aren't going to be in a pennant race per se, but maybe the summer will stick around for a little while longer, and, and we'll get some good baseball weather as the Cardinals and the White Sox, they try to win their divisions, so... Um, I tell you what, the Cubs are trying to play like they're in a pennant race, which <laughs> the energy they're bringing. Uh, wind blowing out today. I believe there's been I'd, five I'd home runs hit. <laughs> five home runs total yeah. hit at Wrigley between the Cubs and the Brewers. It's the ninth inning, and the Cubs have a one-run lead, eight to seven. It's the uh, top of the ninth. So if the Cubs and uh, not Pat Hughes, but Brad Hughes, Brandon Hughes, Brandon Hughes, Brandon Hughes. Uh, gets now two more outs. Did no, he beat he that safe. out? He just beat that out. Yeah. All right. Well, if he can get three more outs without allowing the with runner the way, first base With the to way score. this game is gone, we're probably going to see five more runs this inning. <laughs> anyway, it's eight to seven. Cardinals tonight against Arizona. They'll try for their fifth win in a row. White Sox coming up at 6 p.m. tonight. Despite a, quote, brutal loss yesterday, Twenty-one to five, they're still within shouting distance of first place in the Central, and they open up a key series against the Cleveland Guardians. It would be nice for them to show up in a key <laughs> series in their division. This is—I I could look at the schedule, but they, they just seem to keep on coming. Opponents that matter, good teams in the American League, and. The, the White Sox have got to put some wins together here. <laughs> we keep on saying it. Tonight's a, a good start. Yesterday, I didn't realize how bad Lucas Giolito's ERA had gotten. It's the second worst in all of baseball, uh, just ahead of 
Corbin Burns 6.96, which he's only pitching because he's got to make $30 million this year, so might as well use the arm to, to get the innings. But the well, another, another, just another series where the White Sox can gain ground. Will they do it? I don't know. It's really at the prove it point, right? You know, you got a guy who's been in playoff series, has a World Series ring, saying, you know, we don't have the right kind of energy in April or in August, and then you win five games, and then you fall flat for three in a row, and it's like, okay, well, it's clearly not consistently still there, and the the days just keep ticking, ticking, ticking away. So, I don't know. Prove it tonight, Lance Lynn. Yeah, I was was yesterday. I mean, it looked like they were there, but didn't show up. But part of this is the problem that has plagued the White Sox. They don't have five starters. No, and and that can't be solved by uh, 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 come on, boys, let's let's all <laughs> rally for each other here and dig deep kind of speech. That what? has to be solved by roster moves or guys having better years yeah and and that shows just the the all-around failure that they go to the trade deadline and they make a move for a, a backup catcher you know i i mean they're just they brought in deekman but you know he's more of a, a loogie or what is the the loogie nowadays with the three uh batter minimum um you know this is just kind of what they are. They're a, a 500 team that you, you hope and maybe has the makings to be more. They they got Elvis Andrews, a, a veteran guy, to shore things up at shortstop until Tim Anderson comes back, although he isn't what he was at his prime, but probably better than going with a couple rookies here as you try to get into October. So big series against the Indians, tough matchup against Tristan McKenzie. You can contribute to the program on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is 217-351-5357. And you can also join us on the phones, 217-356-9397. Illinois football has closed up training camp. I think today is officially the close of camp, although they are done with their practices. What's what's the difference? Uh, Time? Number of practices. They they could not have... They've done all the are allowed practices. So they're, today they're hol- holding a mock game. Don't ask me the difference between a mock game and a full practice. I assume mock game is going through the mechanics like a of through. Yes, like this is Michael Martin can fill us in. Yes, he can. I, I think it's the kind of stuff. Okay, this is how we're going to walk out as a team. This is how we're going to go. Oh, kind of like kind of like pregame. You know, yeah, yeah. You, we got to know. You got to throw to second. Got to throw third. Got to throw home. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. We, then this is how we're going to stand on the side. This is how we're going to do this. That all that stuff. All the maybe they're going to put the band out. This is what it's going to sound like. So, their football programs are very big on avoiding the game being the first time you've ever filled in the blank. (laughs) (laughs) There's certain things you can't replicate till game time, but everything else they want them to have heard, experienced, smelled, tasted, all that stuff. I think they go through their pregame meals and they go eat where they're going to eat and they go ride the bus they're going to bus and sleep where they're going to, all that stuff. It's crazy. Sidney Brown is one of the four captains that was voted upon by his teammates. Has anything changed as camp closes and you go into game week? Our coaches are preparing us in the right way. So, you know, we're, we're learning everything now. We're seeing everything now. So I guess things are going to be a little bit cleaner, a little bit faster on game day, but just approaching it the same way as practice right now. Does the mindset get a little more excited or like, you know? Oh, yeah, you, of course. I mean, you can't. How does that like, kind of like Christmas, generate? right? Because uh, it's the first game, you get the jitters out, and then you got the season ahead. 
What is it? Sure, people ask you, but yeah. what would it mean to be captain, to be voted captain? It's an honor for sure. You know, I'm going to make sure that I'm the best version of myself every day. So facing complacency in that way and uh, constantly reassuring myself and the team and the guys around me that, um, you know, I, I earned this spot. I'm in the position I need to be. And again, I'm honored. As a, as a leader of this team, just how do you feel about where this team's at about a week? I'm excited. I'm excited to say the least. Um, we've been preparing the right way moving forward here. So it's just about putting uh, putting uh, stuff on tape at this point on the field uh, for our game coming up against one week. And the other captains talked about who's going to like get to call the coin toss. Or... <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm Do you sure want to be we'll... that guy? God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. Let me flip it. Um, Heads or tails? Tails, tails. But uh, we'll see when we get to game day. Um, I'm sure Coach B will put it in someone's hands we trust. So we'll leave it to that. See, tails never fails. Do do an Oklahoma drill to decide who gets to call the to- coin toss. Okay, remind me what the Oklahoma drill is. It's like the the one on one. We're going to bash each other's heads in. Oh yeah, is that still allowed? Was that like the old XFL? This is how we're going to see who get, wins the kick kickoff. You know, I, I, we're probably a little smarter than we used to be at it. I, <laughs> I just think back to the one year that I played football, and, and dudes just straight crown of the head to crown of the head, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I wouldn't want it. No, you couldn't pay me. Well, no, you probably couldn't pay me. It's fun to but knock heads, but it's not fun to get your head knocked. <laughs> That makes sense. I was a defensive guy. Matt Daniels is coming in from the News Gazette pages, the editor of thoseandalinahq.com. Also, our tour of the Big Ten will finish up with Wisconsin today. We'll visit with Jim Polzin up in Madison covering the Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com. Next hour, the world according to Bob Osmussen and Evan already teased it. Michael Martin, Illinois football sideline reporter, former long snapper as well, will come in for some Friday fun. That is some of what we have going on. Hey, I want to put in your mind uh, that next week on Wednesday, the 24th, we will be live in downtown Champaign for Hickory Point Bank's Battle of the Paddle to benefit the United Way of Champaign County. It's a table tennis tournament. There are team captains and several uh, notable Illini's, Illini uh, participating in it in the coaching ranks, and several folks will be stopping by on the airwaves as well. We're told Chester Frazier will be there with us, Shauna Green from women's basketball, Mike Poeta from Illinois Wrestling, Brad Dancer and Evan Clark from Illinois Men's and Women's Tennis, among several other folks, and it's all helping to promote the initiative of United or help the initiative for United Way for early grade level success. You can donate right now, unitedwaychampaign.org slash battle. Come on out and visit us and see the fun in downtown Champaign. It'll be at Taylor Street, really at the corner of Taylor and Walnut, right by Farron's and visit Champaign County. That's that walking portion of Taylor Street. So we look forward to seeing you then. We've got more ahead. Matt Daniels from the News Gazette pages straight on after this. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Mm-hmm. Funky Friday Sports Talk. My name's Scott Beatty. With Evan Kahn, Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM. Matt Daniels is the sports editor of the News Gazette Sports Pages. And he comes in to join us now. Yesterday, Matt, we were discussing uh, 
pouched mammals on the program with oh, Scott Ritchie. <laughs> well, like kangaroos. I, I understand. They're some of my fav- children's favorite animals. So. Oh, are they? Yeah. Which was- I found out there's more kangaroos than people in Australia. So if anything, the kangaroos probably run the human racing. <laughs> Rather than Hugh Roberts this, running was, this, the this, kangaroo. This, gonna, this has to deal with Hugh Roberts and the yes. 30, 29-year-old Illinois punter. Yes. Okay. All right. I, I just wanted some context. <laughs> Somebody who I believe is related to Blake Hayes, the last Australian punter, of course, that Illinois had, tweeted about, put a screenshot of Illinois football's schedule mm-hmm. out, um, and you know it, it changes to the local time. Mm-hmm. And they said after years of having to watch football games that started at 3 a.m. or whatever, between mm-hmm. 3 and 6 a.m. in Australia, most of the games are starting at, at least at 6 a.m. Yeah, the first uh, first three are, first yeah. four are for Illinois. Uh, yeah, f- but they're 15 hours ahead so of us. I think wow. Hugh Robertson, maybe former, what, he's more former military guy? Former yeah, guy. in the military. He was officer. a cop. Yeah, yeah. I, think I don't want to mess with him. I'm going to say nothing but nice things about Hugh Robertson. I'm just saying maybe he works some back channels through the Australian government to get to the U.S., to get to the Big Ten, to get some game times in Illinois adjusted to help the Australian viewing population. That's a stretch. I I mean, look at this Big Ten media deal, how big it is now. Was it this big before Australian punters? No. It is. Should we start calling Memorial Stadium the house that Blake Hayes built? (laughs) I'm saying that Kevin Warren today said that the Big Ten could expand to 20 teams, and there might be some teams in Sydney or Canberra or Melbourne that he's going to add because he keeps going west. I mean, do they want to expand to 20 teams? I mean, I know that's kind of the again shut that down on HBO's Bryant Gumble. Thank you for sharing that, by the way, with HBO. We really appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of what I thought too. To to me, this uh, I, I get. You know, when when the Big Ten added UCLA and USC not even two months ago, that the first reaction after you're stunned into silence was, okay, who's the Big Ten going to add? But in light of their media rights agreement that they announced yesterday, that runs through 2030, which again can go up in value. To me. Like if I'm Josh Whitman or uh, the AD at Indiana, who I don't know his name off the top of my head, mm-hmm. you know, I'm saying hold John on. Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> He's the AD. Uh, I'm saying hold on, because if you were to expand, the slice of the pie that they get from mm-hmm. the money is There's escalators, uh, and it gets bigger uh, if you add more teams. But is it that much bigger? Yeah, I didn't crunch the numbers, but it didn't look like I mean we are talking billions of dollars here yeah but it it didn't look like you're saying that it's you know we're going to add a full share if you add another team so you say I could see that you say billions of dollars like it's a big thing but have you seen the price of gas lately I mean come on am I right or am I right gas is going down more like you got to pay for all the streaming services so (laughs) that you can watch all of these games (laughs) and and honestly too I mean yes it's I think what the Big Ten did as far as college football with the the meteorites agreement I think it's a, a bold decision that is Kevin Warren's background is the NFL. It's a very NFL-centric move to have three games on three of the big networks there at all. But Illinois is not going to be on big big, I'm going to call it a big 11 a.m. kickoff instead of big noon kickoff because mm. it's, <laughs> it's 11 a.m. Here. here. And the the mid-afternoon CBS slot and the prime time on NBC, like Illinois 
may get one or two games a year in those windows, maybe. First of all, that's the big six kickoff in Australia. <laughs> it's true. You're really you're really harping on this theme here, but Scotty. Second of all, you're optimistic on a bowl this season already. So why do you doubt the time slots of the future? <laughs> it's just I feel that Illinois is more likely to have games land on more games land on Peacock per se than they are on two thirty PM on mm. CBS. That's just my realistic somebody take. somebody did a breakdown of the hype video that cbs put out and illinois showed up a grand total of one time so that yeah. shows you how much that they want to promote the well Orange i mean Blue. you think of it and uh you know scott Ritchie and i talked about this on our latest episode of inside Atlanta football but ohio state michigan for years it's you know thought of as around here at least okay it's 11 a.m kickoff on uh, abc on abc mm-hmm. and the grand it's been on fox for the last four or five seasons if not longer but now with this new agreement you know if again how the networks will divvy it up i think it's going to come down to just kind of like a draft uh, of what games they want but if i'm if i'm kevin warren and i'm nbc i'm saying the first year of this you know 2023 next season ohio state michigan let's play that at 7 p.m prime time i mean that'll attract the most eyeballs uh, it'll be different and weird. It's going to be really weird too, not having any Big Ten games on ESPN, which we've we've all grown up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I mean they got a seven billion dollar media rights deal. So kudos to Kevin Warren who goes from the most reveal, you know, most reviled <laughs> college conference commissioner to everyone wants to come talk to him now, and <laughs> he's everyone's friend. Speaking of money in college athletics, this week, Illini Guardians, that's the NIL collective here for uh, Illini athletes, announced their new subscription model to support. Did you see this? Did you catch this? The, I missed it. Uh, uh, the Guardians, Illini Guardians website, IlliniGuardians.com, offers subscription programs, includes contribution levels from $30 a month up to $1,000 per month. That's more. That's also called the Matt Daniels level. Sure. Um, in return, subscribers receive T-shirts, jerseys, autographed item, access to exclusive events, and more. Profits generated from subscriptions are consolidated to support future NIL opportunities between Illini Guardians and student-athletes that will be centered... Centered... On community service and philanthropy. All right, pro pro sports is here in Champaign. So, Alignian Guardians programs are intended to not only benefit communities but provide NIL earning potential that stands as an example of effective NIL programming. We need fans to subscribe to Illini Guardians to build the championships, continuity, and community that Illini fans crave and deserve, according to co-founder Craig McDonald. Yeah, he'll be on uh, tomorrow morning with, uh, with Steve and Lauren on Atlanta Pella Saturday Sports Talk. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've they got a collective going that's uh, that's kind of par for the course these days in, in college athletics. And but Just uh, say, what, what, what this is is not shady anymore. No. This is, this is, this is above the table. You can't induce anybody, but anybody could. But once s- you're here. But right, but anybody 
could see that this is this but, press release. That, you know, that's, for an, that's an in, that's an inducement. I, I'm sorry, all these coaches that are saying that they don't use NIL in recruiting, they're full of baloney. Like they're they're talking to recruits and saying, and recruits are asking, "Hey, how much money can I make?" and we're going to start seeing that here in Champaign. You're going to have men's basketball players saying, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do something unless I get paid." Or football players say, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do something that in the past, college athletes probably wouldn't have thought twice it's about." Not. But now they're saying, "Eh, what? It's, it's like but my I'm, fabulous hair. It's not an inducement. It's just attraction. It just makes it more appealing." Just a lot of awkward pauses now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where to go <laughs> with that one. But I, I, I think it I saw this week. I don't know if. It didn't really make a whole lot of headlines, but the NCAA basically came out with a letter saying, hey, snitch on all of your rival programs because we need help with, you know, (laughs) how other teams are are using the NIL to induce it. And I think it just kind of falls on A, as we've been saying all along. It was nice that they got this passed, but they didn't have any sort of, you know, roadblocks along the way to, to kind of streamline it. But also with 60 to 70 to 80 million dollars a year going back to these universities to you know put games on that are played by the student athletes uh, if they would figure out how to start paying the student athletes with that money then you know the NIDL and the shadiness you know you regulate it I'm not a big union guy but it's it's kind of headed that way where you collectively bargain it everybody gets you know the the same amount in basketball and football mm-hmm. and that and then you can get away from all of the the violations or whatnot. well I, I think we're going to start seeing sooner rather than later in college athletics what we see in pro sports all the time is that when players sign as free agents or sign new contracts you're going to see the dollar amount attached to athletes at some point i mean the most pretty much the only clear-cut example right now is nigel pack the uh now miami point guard who transferred from kansas state and john ruiz who's a big time billionaire down in (laughs) south florida who's put his money behind miami announced back in april that nigel pack is coming to miami for two years eight hundred thousand dollars and you get the car I mean, I think that's going to kind of become standard and, and common. And I think, honestly, too, like, I think that would maybe help everything right now when, when it comes to NIL and just all this uncertainty because you just hear, oh, he's going to make a million dollars. Oh, he's going to make a million. Well, is he really? You know, I mean, how much, again, the locally here, the big thing was, okay, how much was Kofi Coburn going to make if he were to return to Illinois? And I know the Guardians were putting forth efforts to, uh, you know, induce him to come back with a dollar sum and obviously he wanted to go chase his professional career that way instead but I think you know five ten years down the road we're going to be talking about X player who is signed for (laughs) Illinois and he's getting a $200,000 contract and a car dealer free car from someone I mean that's (laughs) let me ask you this as mm -hmm. a sports journalist Mm -hmm. and one who runs or oversees other sports journalists does the approach ever change? Uh, in, in professional sports, you know, you have open locker rooms at mm-hmm. certain times for clubhouse access, and reporters can go up and get in individual access to whatever players avail themselves. And especially in the big markets, but in all markets, the pro athletes are subject to more criticism. I'm talking about their play mm-hmm. on the field or the court. I it think college athletics like, are getting that way. Though. Yeah, it, it, I, I want to say that the criticism that goes towards athletes from media in college is is toned down in general from, mm-hmm. from professional sports. Would you agree? Oh, and yeah. Does the fact that they will start make some will start making considerable amounts of money 
therefore open them up to justification to be more openly critical. Yes, I think so. I mean, they're essentially going to be professional athletes, and, and not and loss amid all of this too. And again, I'm I I'm all for athletes having the right to earn money off of their name, image, and likeness, which are three keywords that we never really kind of circulated in our head until you know the last 14 months or so but i think lost amid all this too is the fact that you're looking at again just in the case of university of illinois you're looking at 85 football scholarships you're looking at 13 men's basketball scholarships you're looking at 13 women's basketball scholarships i mean cost of attendance stipends you know they're they've got a good setup i'm sure the average common student i think i could say for all three of us here in this room we sure would have liked that deal when we were in college i don't know about you i had student loan debt to pay off for about 10 years after i graduated from eastern illinois university Mm -hmm. i would have loved to have not had any of that with me (laughs) once i graduated college and again i totally get and I support the opportunity for these athletes. Again, you just have to think of what happened, what transpired yesterday. What's the big headline? And seven, eight billion dollar meteorite deal for college athletics. Mm-hmm. Yes, the athletes who are putting on these games, the the games don't happen without them. They deserve a slice of that pie. But if you're going to make one, two, three, four million dollars while you're still technically in college, like I think you're, yeah. If you have a bad game, you're going to maybe hear about it, maybe on the same level as, and again, too, athletes have their own avenues to respond to all of that. Now they have social media, they can go out and do whatever they want and and respond to all that that stuff. Hey, just to bring this full circle, the big noon kickoff slash 11 a.m. here slash 6 a.m. in Australia tomorrow. It'd be like, what's like plus 15 or 16 hours or something. Yeah. Anyway, guess who's going to be back on it? Urban Meyer. Mm -hmm this guy <laughs> the nine lives of urban meyer <laughs> what a what a rebound story there for that guy huh that I guy's mean, got some kind of I, he's <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's doing it he's really hurting for money too you know what he was really good he, he likes he likes getting out of the house was. he was uh, really good he as a studio analyst <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not much on getting cooped up you know he's <laughs> he likes to go out and about you know see the people he wouldn't mind an assignment in columbus from time to time would he <laughs> really anywhere (laughs) he's got a boat (laughs) all right matt daniels big uh, highlights of the weekend coming our way yeah we got a four pages uh, dedicated to to local high school sports coming up in our weekend extra section uh boys soccer uh cross country boys and girls girls tennis uh colin likas dives into all of that also a look at uh unity's new unity football's new starting quarterback kale rowden and just kind of a look back at some of the successful quarterbacks that the Rockets have had uh, in the last 20-plus years. Um, also kind of unveiling our, our new Faces of the Fall uh, photos. Uh, we had about we had 300 athletes, high school athletes, stop by these uh, this building last Saturday for a photo shoot and a variety of other activities as well that played out on our social media channels. And... Uh, we're going to unveil the first batch of photos that'll run the next couple months in, in Sunday's paper. Scott Ritchie's also got a big story on, and I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Magnus Moeller. Yeah, Magnus. Uh, Magnus Moeller, there yeah. you go. The, the big six foot nine uh, offensive lineman from Denmark and kind of his journey. Are you to ready champagne. to call him the Great Dane? Can we nickname him that? Yeah, it might just be the headline in Sunday's paper. I don't know. We haven't 
design that. Yeah, the that one was free, my friend. That's, that one was free. That's I'm on, here for you. It's on the brain right now. It's fresh. The Great Dane. See, yes. it works not only because he could be really good, but because he's big and great in size. Exactly. See, See, I, the thought with, you, I thought you many resembled a dog. The, the problem with that, though, is you, if you use, you, you got to find the right time to use it. I mean, I feel this upcoming basketball season, we're going to have a lot of Sky references. You know, <laughs> Sky Clark. You know, you got you to pick the right. You got to pick and choose when's the right opportunity. Skyfall is, you know, I'm just waiting for that. Yeah, some collapse it, over at the State Farm happen. Center. My personal favorite we did last year, and again, this isn't a negative connotation for Illinois, so I'm sure Illinois fans won't like remembering this, but uh, after Illinois lost at Marquette last November, our headline was Curb the Enthusiasm because uh, Andre Cabello had a Because they lost game. to a tournament team. <laughs> yeah. But Andre Cabello. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Andre Cabello had a you know bad game. Yep. Okay, there we go. There's yep. the there's inside baseball for Yeah, well, I, I, I'm the idea man, but your sense of timing and that soft touch is yours, man, that Thanks, cannot man. be replicated. But Pre- are you guys all freed up for your last free weekend? You guys got big plans? You can't believe what I've got in store. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's called make sure the kids are fed while I'm out of the house. <laughs> I've been told. So <laughs> I don't have kids. I'm going on a bender. Nice. Uh, there we go. Evan, uh, I'll live vicariously through you this weekend. Scott's right. in charge. All right. <laughs> we'll see you later, Matt. Coming up, we will visit up in Madison, Wisconsin, speaking of Dane County, uh, and talk with uh, Jim Polzin from the Wisconsin State Journal. Hi, it's Len Casper. Tune in this weekend for White Sox Baseball on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. White Sox tonight at 6 p.m. against Cleveland and this weekend as well. Sunday's game is an earlier start, FYI. I think it's an 11 a.m. first pitch or right now. Yeah, I think they got the Peacock game. Speaking of, or or they're on the East Coast. Sometimes they start at noon. Uh, yeah, that's true. Cubs beat the Brewers today. That's a great segue when you want to talk to somebody from Wisconsin. Jim <laughs> Polson joins us from the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com. He covers the Badgers. Uh, are you a diehard with the Brewers there, Jim? Uh, I, not really. I mean, I cover them once in a while, so my fandom kind of disappeared years <sighs> ago. But it's been interesting to kind of watch watch them uh, deteriorate since the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, it, it, indeed, and, and to some people's delight uh, uh, in this market, but uh, others oh, yeah. uh, others not. <laughs> but that's not why you called. We wanted to continue our tour, or really uh, bring it to a. A final here of our Big Ten Illinois opponents and check in on the Wisconsin Badgers. When people talk about Big Ten West favorites this year, it usually starts with Iowa or Wisconsin, although I think you have to give a nod to Minnesota and even Purdue and maybe Nebraska and all that. So uh, how do you size up the Badgers going into 2022? Yeah, no, I'm glad you listed that many teams because I'm going to write something next week. I, I, I seriously, I've looked at all the schedules. I think it's going to be a giant logjam in the West. and I don't know exactly who will emerge. Um, Wisconsin specifically, their schedule is pretty tough. I mean, they, they their home schedule is not all that great, uh, but they have to go to Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, Nebraska. I mean, that's four pretty tough road games, not to mention Northwestern, which always seems to trip them up down in, North, in Evanston. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what what a, an optimistic number to get out of there, out of those five road games is. I mean, I, I, I would think three and two, they'd take that and run. And if you can win all your home games, you're 10 and two. Um, that probably sounds a little bit 
optimistic, if if you ask me, based on a lot of question marks with this team. But probably three and zero going into Ohio State. Yeah, I um, would think so. And then you kind of find out who you are. And I don't think you know. I don't. I don't expect them to win that game. But you look at the schedule. I mean, Michigan State. I don't think it's going to be quite as good as last year, but that's a tough place to play. And Iowa's always tough. I really do think Nebraska's going to be better this year, much better. So I don't know. It's it's kind of when it's who it's when you get teams um, and and how they're how healthy they are when you get them. I think has always been a big thing. And again, I, I look around the Big Ten West and I don't see a true great team. Um, I see a lot of pretty good teams, and it's just kind of who can probably get through without their key players. Um, you know, with the key players staying healthy, and, and that'll determine this race. We're talking with Jim Polzin, Wisconsin State Journal, and the Badgers. Hey, Jim, this is Evan. You, you mentioned that there's a lot of questions with this team, and I imagine it, it comes on, on both sides of the ball, on offense, uh, a lot of maneuvering with the offensive staff, defensive side. you got to replace some guys that, that moved on to the league. Where do you think the biggest question mark lies? Yeah, it's funny. I just wrote something today um, that – they're, they're, they're replacing eight starters on defense, yet nobody around here seems to think there's going to be a drop-off. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with Jim Ladder, the defensive coordinator. He's he's earned the reputation as a guy that will just kind of take the pieces he has and make them fit. And, and that's why I think most people think it's going to be another top-10 nationally-ranked uh, defense. Um, and there's not as many concerns on that side of the ball. I'm not sure if that's completely fair, but you know, I think most people are their concerns are on the offense and and mostly the passing game. It, this passing game has not been good the last two years. Um, like you said, Paul Chris made some a pretty significant makeover of the offensive staff, uh, including bringing in Bobby Engram as an offensive coordinator. He's actually going to call the plays. I think Paul's going to take a step back this year. Um, and then you know. So much rely. So much depends on how Graham Mertz is and if he can improve. And 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 mainly, can he not turn the ball over? I mean, he's got a really good running game around him. Um, the defense, as I said, will be, should be pretty good. So it, it just comes down to how well he can manage games and and just did not do a great job of doing that last year or the year before. And um, arrived here as as really well, probably their highest ranked quarterback recruit ever, and it just has not lived up to that. It hasn't been all his fault. I think, you know, the offensive line hasn't been great at times and um, receivers had a little bit of trouble getting open last year. But um, when those two things did go well, there were still times where we missed too many throws. Who, who's the next great Wisconsin tight end? <laughs> Good question. I mean, that's, that's a question mark, too. Like, you know, Jake Ferguson was a, a four-year regular and just kind of Mr. Dependable. And, um Jack Eschenbach has played uh, with Ferguson's backup last year. I think he'll kind of step into the, one of those um, more expanded roles. Clay Cundiff is a guy who's showed flashes but hasn't always been able to stay healthy. Um, I think he, there's some promise there. Uh, but that's that's one of the positions of that, that there's kind of, um, you know, you don't know exactly. And, and wide receiver is another one where there's a lot of names there but not a lot of guys that have done a lot at this level. So it's it's an intriguing roster. It's young, especially at the skill positions, but um, it's, you know, if you listen to the, the people inside the program, they, they think there's a lot of promise there. Illinois goes to Madison on October 1st. What kind of reception do you think Brett Bielma will get when he enters the stadium? It's just, it's funny. I was just talking to someone uh, at the stadium the other day about that, about, you know, like what, what, what do you expect fans? And I think 
I think the best thing that happened was that there was uh, a buffer, like the Gary Anderson two-year buffer um, between Bielema and Paul Christ. And, and, and the program hasn't slipped since since Brett left. I think if Brett left and went somewhere and was really good and, and the program took a step backwards, then I think you'd, you'd have some animosity. Um, I just don't sense that. I think people are happy generally with Paul Christ. Um, I don't know that anybody misses Brett all that much, even though I think I think if you you know if you if you look deep down he he was he did a really good job here you know, he had a tough act to follow in Barry Alvarez and it's not easy to be the next one after a legendary coach but I think Brett did a good job and he put his own fingerprints on the program he certainly took the program forward got him the three Rose Bowls so I I, I, I don't think people should dismiss what he did here but it's been a decade now and. Um, any hard feelings that remained about why he left or went, you know, how he left, um, I think that stuff's kind of disappeared. People like to say that Brett Bielma, uh, you know, is trying to replicate what he did at Wisconsin, certainly wants to replicate the success, but in terms of the running game and the big guys up front, and, and he has been on plenty on record that they want bigger, longer, and faster offensive linemen and defensive linemen, but... All that to say, he's never said, I'm trying to have the same style and scheme as what we had at Wisconsin, but yet people expect him to try and do that. So my question is, is can he replicate the Wisconsin model? Can he actually, is that sort of a Wisconsin thing, or can other people do that? No, I think, I mean, I think he can do pieces of it. You know, I think the one advantage that Brett has, like if you look at Wisconsin's recruiting, I mean, the state typically – produces offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, um, skill positions. It's hard to get skill players out of Wisconsin. It's just there aren't very many of them. So I think that's the one advantage is Brett should be able to find um, better skill options available in Illinois and, and St. Louis and and areas further to the south. So I think that's one thing. I, you know, I think that's why it'll look a little bit different. But I do, you know, they. you look at their motto, you know, Wisconsin's motto is um, – uh, smart, tough, dependable, and, and Brett's kind of tweaked that. I think it's same words, different order, right? So yeah. I think there's a certain, I think there's a certain philosophy that you can follow. I mean, they want to run the ball well, they want to be physical, they want to play smart, um, not turn, not beat themselves. So I mean, I think there's certain elements to it. I, you know, I, I'm sure he would love to kind of use the walk-on program like he did at Wisconsin, um, but I, you know, I don't. It can't be exactly the same. Uh, I just. I, don't see how you could do that and that's not necessarily a bad thing i think he can again i think he didn't do things exactly the same as as barry alvarez did he you know he made his own tweaks and um recruited some different areas and 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 philosophically did some different things and you know it worked for him and i I would expect him to do the same thing that's one thing about brett is i think he's he's pretty smart he'll adapt to what he has and um i think he also knows that there's no quick fixes like i i don't i know he, he believes this can't happen overnight and it's, it's you know you want to have sustained success and that's going to take time so you know i i would expect it to look somewhat similar to wisconsin but it can't be exactly the same to bring this back to the baseball conversation that we started with <laughs> i, I kind of got thinking about it and, and here really over the last decade or so the wisconsin kind of feels like the cardinals in that they run the west they're consistently good but is there a feeling that Wisconsin could go to another level with, with Paul Christ? And you mentioned, you know, the the history there. Do, 
are the expectations still higher? Or are they disappointed if they're not in a Big Ten championship and, and they're not going to Rose Bowls? I, I think I saw today they're the winningest program to not make a college football playoff. Is that still where Wisconsin sees himself going? Yeah, I think there's, you know, especially last year. Like last year, that season started with so, um, the expectations were so high because it was a really experienced team. And I think people thought maybe, just maybe, it might be the time they get over the hump and get to a, you know, win the big, win, win, win the Big Ten West, win the Big Ten title, and then get to a playoff. And I don't know if that was ever realistic, but um, I don't see that happening this year either. I think the expectations are a little bit lower this year. But, I, you know, the way I look at this season is, it's kind of a building block to 2023. It's that's when most of their best players, most of their best players are in that second, third, fourth year right now. If a majority of those guys come back next year, um, I think they could be really good in 2023. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't know that anybody's competing with the likes of Ohio state um, from the West. I just, you look at, you match up recruiting, numbers and it's just it doesn't match up and and i think it's gonna be tough for wisconsin to do that but i will say there's part of a fan base that's that's getting a little bit ornery that this program has not taken the next step i mean nine win seasons are just um they're kind of generating yawns around here and and certainly the fact that they haven't won a big 10 title since 2012 and that's that's 10 years now and i think people are getting a little bit antsy to but they've stumbled a little bit and i think part of that is I don't know that Wisconsin's gotten worse. I just think the teams around them have gotten better. You mentioned, you know, Minnesota and Purdue. Those programs have gotten much better, and it's just it's not like it was when Brett when Brett Bielema was here in 2012, and you could count on crushing Purdue and crushing Indiana and crushing Minnesota every year. Um, it, it's the West has gotten better. Like I said, there's no true great teams, but I think from top to bottom, it's 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 much better than it was 10 years ago. Wait till Paul Christ finds out that USC is in the Big Ten. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'll yeah. rattle him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, Jim, we appreciate your time, uh, my friend. We really do. Uh, and uh, best of luck to you as the football beat portion of the season opens up. And Wisconsin will start with Illinois State on September 3rd. And the Illini will visit the Badgers on October 1st. Thanks much, Jim. Yep, thanks for having me. Have a good weekend, guys. You too. That's Jim Poles in Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com. We transition on this funky Friday to Hour 2 after this. CU Under Construction is the place to go for any of the projects that you need done on your home. And let me ask you this. Do you want somebody working on your project in your home or your business who has been going through training constantly to get better and better at their job? If you do, then you might be interested in the workers at CU Under Construction. They believe in training for their employees. They have three certified siding installers in their exteriors division. You can check out other companies that have certified installers. In fact, CU Under Construction has provided a link. And if you check out that link, you'll find a few other companies here in town that also have some experts in that, but not every company so it's one reason that you want to consider CU under construction and have experts in every aspect of the trades and building and construction industry. And they work together, they get together around a table, and they look at every project together to address any issues that they need to solve. It's one of the reasons that CU under construction stands out. Find them online, see you under construction, or you can just Google. 
Hour number one about to close after the news. The world according to Bob Osmussen, as well as Michael Martin from Illinois Football, all coming straight up. Cubs win. They beat the Brewers. Cardinals tonight. Sox tonight as well. The 6 p.m. first pitch here on Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.